electric vehicles are a crucial part of India's transition to clean and sustainable transportation. To help accelerate electric mobility initiatives such as the faster adoption and manufacturing of electric vehicles and production-linked incentive scheme have helped seed the nascent EV market, creating a conducive ecosystem for the early EV adopters. Today, we have with us Sri Arun Goyal, Secretary, Department of Heavy Industry, who has been a key figure in the implementation of these schemes and several of the other DHI initiatives. He's a 1985 IAS officer of the Punjab Kader and has been a vice chairman for the Delhi Development Authority and a joint secretary for the Department of Revenue, Ministry of Finance. He has also worked in urban development in the Punjab government and in the Union Ministry of Urban Development. Hello, welcome to the Shunya podcast again. I'm your host, Randeer Singh, Director E-Mobility at Niti Aayog. Today joining me is a very special guest, Secretary, Ministry of Heavy Industries, Mr. Arun Goyal. Welcome, sir. It's wonderful to have you here today. So, good morning, sir. So, we'll directly come to the questions and we want to know more about your honest approach and we also want to understand from your side what personally you think about how the industry is going to be, how the uh, world is going to be, where the country is going to stand. So, going with this, sir, the world is witnessing a clean mobility revolution with electric vehicles increasingly being manufactured and deployed. So, why do we need to switch to electric vehicles, sir? No, I think it's your question, as you said, the clean mobility. So when we are looking at the prospect of achieving clean mobility, so electric vehicles are an essential ingredient of clean mobility. Of course, clean mobility can come in various ways. It's a complete ecosystem. So even within the existing ICE engines, we have the fossil fuels being blended with ethanol the biofuels. So when there's a fuel efficiency, the consumption of fossil fuel goes down. And then when the emission norms norms are tougher, that also leads us to the clean mobility. So then one of that is electric mobility, but electric also needs to be clean. So when we are having uh, the thermal power being used for electric mobility, we are merely shifting the pollution from spot A to spot B. So we need to look at from A to Z, the total approach of clean mobility. And then uh, the futuristic technologies like hydrogen fuel cell or the hydrogen powered ICEs, they're all part of clean mobility. And what is the element which is actually driving this change? First of all, I think the entire world is now conscious that we as humans are probably doing more harm to the nature. What we as a human race inherited and what we are today, the nature is definitely worse off. So that's what has forced the human race to do introspection and see how to reduce. Because if we do not, we as a human race are going to pay the price. So it is for the survival of human race that we have to reduce pollution and move towards clean mobility. I feel that's the basic urge. So, as we all know, and even our audience, that Ministry of Heavy Industries is undertaking several initiatives towards decarbonizing the transport sector. 
So this is a larger question. What is your take on India's outlook for the transport sector as a whole? See, when we are looking at the pollution, so the transport is one of the biggest culprits. And within that, the road transport is the biggest culprit. First of all, as the economy develops, people from community become more and more individualized in their demands. For example, from bus, you come to scooter, from scooter, you go to car and then to a still bigger car and with more features. So that's how we, each of us, end up doing more harm to the nature, right? So that is uh, what is a society's behavior. So then for the correction, we have what we are thinking. So now you're talking of the transport. India's car density per population is much lower than that of, say, China or USA. So we are obviously polluting less. but as we develop, the density of cars is going to go up. Industrialization is going to go up. All that is going to add to the pollution, no doubt. So the advanced economies, what they did in the last 50 or 70 years, so it would be unfair to expect India not to grow, not to develop. We have to develop as per the existing technology. But the advantage today is that today technology is less polluting than it was a 30 years or 50 years back. So when India is developing, India has to develop, nobody can stop it. Then the technology is being better. So obviously our carbon footprint is not as deep as has been left by the earlier advanced economies. But then India is a very conscious country. We as a civilization have been worshipping the nature in all its shapes for the last thousands of years. No other civilization on the earth has been so much in sync with nature, so much praising the nature and so much protecting the nature. So Indians, not because of any outside uh, urge or nudge, Indians, because they are Indians, are for nature. Yes. So that's why we feel it is our duty to be in sync with the nature, to do the least harm to the nature, but at the same time, we must grow, we must develop. So transport sector is a part of the total system, but transport being one of the biggest. So now in transport, the transportation of the passengers or of the freight. So because rail transport is less polluting, in India, we are developing the rail network much more than before. It's coming in a big way. On the road side, the Ministry of Heavy Industry in the Government of India approach is encouraging all approaches to reduce pollution. So while we have brought in the strictest norms, our emission norms today are the same as they are in the Europe. And we have traveled the road to emission norms, one of the fastest in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's fastest in fact. So and on the other side, the technology is coming in. So we are encouraging through our schemes the latest technologies, whether they are hydrogen-powered ICE or the hydrogen fuel cell or the biofuels. But the biggest thing is, as you know, the electric vehicles. And we are encouraging electric vehicles again in a manner that they must grow technologically. So, there also, the pollution, if we say from A to Z, must come down as we grow further in the e-mobility. So, that is the approach of Government of India. So, sir, 
if we just divide the entire India into urban and the rural side, how do you see this change is going to affect these two areas differently? How the rural is going to adapt it and how the urban is going to adapt it? So I think urban and rural, first of all, the division is very functional and is fungible. A person at one time in day may be rural, at other time of the day he may be urban. And that can happen only in India. Yeah. And then secondly, when we talk of mobility, if you see the pollution being caused by road transport, it obviously is more in urban areas because the very uh, the urban town planning, people have to travel because the prices uh, go high of the land. That's why work to home distances increase. That's why mobility is compulsive. In rural areas, it's not so. So the urban transport is driven more by the public transport than the private transport, whereas the rural transport is more of the private transport. So what you're going to see for urban areas, we have the e-buses because of public transport. All the shared taxis we are encouraging in the e-taxis. On the freight side, it would be the three-wheelers or the mini-trucks. A lot of them are in the market today. On the rural side, they're more likely to be two-wheelers. So in the last year, the penetration of E2-wheelers, which earlier was concentrated in metros and tier 1 cities, it is now going more and more towards tier 2 and tier 3 cities. So that's the change which is happening. Right, sir. Sir, the larger question about around the COP26. So we have announced some of our commitments in COP26. Ambitious goal of achieving the target of net zero by 2070. So what are the some of the efforts which are being taken at Ministry of Heavy Industries, which directly deals with achieving this net zero? See, first of all, on as a nation, we have re- achieved the targets on the renewable energy side much ahead of the date. Including NDC targets. So, sir. So, so we as a nation are committed to that. Now, coming to the role of Ministry of Heavy Industries, so we have three specific schemes operating on that. On the demand side, we have FAME. And on the supply side, we have the production linked incentive scheme for autos and for advanced chemistry cells. So in the FAME scheme, we are subsidizing the upfront price of the two-wheelers, three-wheelers and e-buses. Because e-vehicles are new, the scale of production is not as high. That's why the upfront capital cost of e-scooter vis-a-vis the petrol scooter is higher. Similarly, for three-wheelers and buses. So, through various uh, formulations, we have tried to bring down the price of the vehicle for the consumer by giving subsidy to almost the level of the ICE. So that the consumer, when he buys, he doesn't feel the pinch. However, the main point is, from the consumer angle, the upfront cost for the consumer is being brought at par. However, as you know, the running cost of electric vehicles is much lower than the fossil fuel vehicle. So that's a net advantage uh, for the consumer. So that's on the fame side. So uh, we have seen the graph of sale of E2-wheelers going up by as many as five times in the last year compared to the previous year. On the e-buses side, we have gone in for the aggregation of demand because of which we 
floated a tender of 3,400 buses, but we received the bids for 5,500 buses. And the pricing of that is now almost at par with the diesel buses. So that was the entire objective of FAME, that we take the e-movement to a point where the prices of e-vehicles come at par with the IC vehicles. So we are nearing the objective or the target of FAME. On the supply side, we have the production incentive scheme for advanced chemistry cells. That's as on today totally imported, which goes into the electric vehicles and also on the grid battery storage, where we are subsidizing to the extent of 20%. I'm very happy to share that we had invited bids for 50 gigawatts. Against that, we received the bids of 128. And now, as per our current estimate, by 2025, 98 gigawatt of advanced chemistry cell is going to be in position in our country. And by 2030, 163 gigawatts would be in position. So that's a very big step in the direction. On the PLI for auto, where we are encouraging only the advanced automotive technologies, that's the clean technologies. So it may be electric vehicle, it may be a, a hydrogen fuel cells, it may be hydrogen powered ICE. There, we talk to the industry as to why that is not happening in our country. So then we ask them to monetize all the disabilities. The cost disabilities in our country, they portray something like 14 to 15%. Now in the scheme, PLI scheme, for electric vehicles, we are paying as much as 18%. So we are meeting the cost disabilities to the fullest. Resultantly, we targeted, the scheme is for 25,938 crores, we targeted an investment of about 42,500 crores, but we have got the investment of more than 66,000 crores. So that shows the entire country is ready, the industry is ready, and the consumer is ready. Right, sir. So entire ecosystem is covered. Uh, one question which comes now, fame is already there. Its progress is being monitored and everything. How the ACC and the auto PLI progress is going to be monitored? See, they, in ACC, we have just uh, signed the program agreements last month with the parties. As per the bid document, they have two years to do manufacturing, whereby the 20, at least 25% should be the domestic value addition. And total five years, that is three years thereafter, the domestic value addition from 25% should rise to 60%. We are in constant touch with all the producers. They are sharing the data with us. Our teams are visiting their premises. We are facilitating all kinds of things they need so that they are on time. From the government side or from the state government side, these players must not face any difficulty. That's what we are ensuring. On their side, they have to perform. But till now, we have seen they are very serious and they are meeting the target set by us. On the PLI auto, the investment is likely to take place in the first two years. The, many of the people have started manufacturing and they have come out with their agenda for each product they are going to make and the payouts will start from next April, that's April 26 onwards. For the facilitation of uh, PLI Auto, we have uh, come out with an API whereby the domestic value addition would be generated in the ERP or whatever system any manufacturer is doing. It will be transport it to our portal through the API. And when they send it, we are going pushback 
the acknowledgement which will get registered in their ERP system. So this way, the entire data comes from the manufacturer to the ministry's portal seamlessly and in a faceless manner. So, and this will also bring in transparency. So nobody can tell lies when digital footprint is there for permanently. And then we are going to give the payout in the fastest possible manner. Yesterday, I had an interaction with the India Inc. on the move. There are about a thousand people there. So when I shared this API thing with them, they said this is the next generation movement of the government of India. So I think we are doing the best possible for the industry. Yes, the transparency, speed and cash flow issues also are addressed with this. So in both the schemes, ACC as well as the auto PLI, we have received the overwhelming response. What are the specific learnings when such responses are received? No, I think first, uh, probably you are uh, you're trying to know the reasons why it happened, is it? One part is reason, second part is whether these are sufficient enough or we needed more or the market is over-prepared or market is already in the process of setting up these things. I think something of everything what you said is true. First of all, when we set the targets along with Niti, they were ambitious targets. So they were by no means on the low side. And we were passing through COVID. But then we have had stakeholder consultation throughout. So we address the issues which industry was going to face. Normally what happens, if you see the past four or five decades of experience of government schemes, government comes out with a scheme, then the recipients tell you the problems and then the scheme is amended and then the results are postponed. Here, with the current Government of India approach, we have had the consultations with all the stakeholders throughout before coming out with the scheme, which meant the scheme was ready to take off on day one. And on secondly, the industry got the confidence that government means business. Combine this with the total investment scenario of the Indian investors, because all these investments which I'm talking about, they are by the Indian investors. They are not the FDIs. So the Indian investors' faith and confidence in the future growth of the country. So I think these are the factors which have led to this. Right, so confidence that these things are going to be implemented and also the right scheme. Now, bit divulging around in India, in fact, the EV revolution is being taken up by the startups. So what further role they can play in scaling up the production, the R&D and also the supply side? No, that's very interesting part. See, it's a common human habit. The haves and the have-nots. For ages, it's the have-nots who always end up working harder. So, Indian auto industry is mature uh, industry over the last four decades. And they are fully entrenched in ICE. So, they have been adopting EVs, no doubt. But obviously, if you have huge investments in ICE, you don't want your investment to go waste. So it's a very basic instinct. Kodak of, instinct. Yeah. So so whatever you call it, Kodak or whatever, but that's a very natural thing. And the new person who has to find space. So for them, it's uh, either this or zero. So it's, continuance is not in that interest. So that's why the valuation of startups is based on growth rather than revenues. Whereas the existing companies 
revenues determine their share price profitability so that's the fundamental difference so disruptive technology in any system would obviously come through new people whom we are calling startups so what is happening here has happened across the world and it's very natural so since the auto industry globally never faced this disrupt- this disruption over the last 100 years because ever since inception auto industry has been dominated by ce so the biggest disruption is happening now and for india it's a great opportunity because the last 100 years even if we are auto has grown but we are not the leaders we are the followers yes we have created our pole position in the lower size lower segment cars but if you say in value terms indian auto industry is still at number 11 globally in numbers in say two wheelers three wheelers and tractors we are number 1 so with the disruption of the technology there you can't say that there is no hope so this may probably lead to a position where indian auto becomes the manufacturing hub of the world and we are one of the leaders in the new auto world of the globe and we create new technologies not merely in the mass production but also in the high value uh, products so it's possible so that's the way forward so it's a great opportunity for us right sir disruptions are being led by somebody who can actually think disruptively now the ride hailing and the final mile connectivity these are basically the main objectives of the shunya program so what do you think is the importance of ride hailing and the last mile delivery in the overall ev ecosystem so when we talk of ev whether it's a passenger transportation or the freight transportation when there are long distances intercity so still the battery becomes so heavy for a truck so the technology has not crossed the tipping point for switching to electric trucks that's why people are looking at the options of hydrogen trucks or hydrogen fuel cell trucks and similarly long distance buses there are but still it has not crossed the tipping point when you talk of last mile connectivity if it's a passenger then it could be a scooter it could be a shared three wheeler or it could be a bus small or medium size and when you talk of freight it could be a small three wheeler or a mini truck kind of thing so where the inhibitions in the minds of users are already over so we have a, a long range of products being available in the market so people do not have apprehensions anymore about the reliability of the ev products for passenger transportation or for the freight transportation so that's why our focus is that because once this is there like i said we are for all kinds of clean mobility ev is one so when you're talking of the last mile connectivity that way ev technology is now commercially available and the prices have come down so that's the point we are now coming in for a big big usage in numbers so we are almost there okay one last 
question or I should say one last thought which we want to hear from you is now startups are leading country is progressing we are coming out with different schemes which are being well received in the uh, by the industry so let's say in next 5 years what is the one critical innovation you think industry should come out with so that this entire thing can be moved fast forward no it's not going to happen with what i think is going to happen by what is going to come so instead of uh, a wishful we should be uh, true pragmatic yeah so as i have come to know no no, no doubt the range of vehicles is going to go up the performance of electric vehicles is going to improve hugely in the next 5 years so you'll see people definitely switching to hybrid cars if not the electric cars in a very big way so electric cars are also going to come in we are encouraging industries coming out with a new technology so the range anxiety and the performance anxiety and the safety anxiousness these three things are absolutely going to get answered in the next 5 years on the ev side but the bigger thing probably on the long range is going to happen which i see is the hydrogen fueled ice i feel that's going to come up in next 6 to 8 months time in our country commercial vehicles yes that's going to be a big change sir thank you very much i mean it's it's a wonderful to talk to you like this thank you sir thank you very much you're welcome thank you randeep thank you for joining us today on the shunya podcast join us again next week for another episode where we will speak to india's sustainability leaders thank you